Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is the Soho Radio Podcast, showcasing some of the best broadcasts from our online radio station, right from the heart of Soho, London. Across our music and culture channels, we have a wide range of shows covering every genre, along with chat shows, discussions and special broadcasts. Here is just one of our recent shows. To catch the full show, head to our Mixcloud page or listen live at SohoRadioLondon.com. It's one o'clock. It's Soho Radio. This is the Late Lunch Show, which must make me Max Reinhardt. And yes, indeed I am. We have a show packed with fabulous guests and, in fact, a sort of live session from Soho Radio Studios. So we've got Iatra Quartet doing that session and we have from them Alice Barron coming in via the phone to talk to me. Hello, Alice. Hi, Max. Um, Alice does need some introduction to listeners, doubtless, um, but she is the fiddle player, if I may call it a fiddle. Um, may I call it a fiddle? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's good. Um, with the Yatra Quartet. And the Yatra Quartet have been kind enough to come into the hallowed Soho Radio Studios and they've played a session for us. I mean, in an ideal world, we'd all be there together in the studios now talking between tunes. But as you know, this is not an ideal world. And uh, in this lockdown, post-lockdown, pre-lockdown, wherever we're at at the moment, I'm still broadcasting from home. Um, and so uh, we're both on the line to each other. Are we not? We are, yes. I'm in South London at the moment. Now, you are, um, aside from being an amazing musician, you're also uh, a musician who is very curious and is following sounds that violins can make all over the world and introducing it into your own music. Is that what you do? Yeah, um, I've been very lucky to study quite a lot in South India, um, most recently with the Mysore Brothers. And um, I think this is just part of my um, fascination and explorations into what the violin can do and um, feeds into the way we work as a band um, in Iatra Quartet. We're all fascinated with um, extending what our instruments can do and constantly experimenting. And um, let's, before we sort of uh, concentrate on how the band works and indeed who's in the band, um, we're going to hear some music. But before we hear um, the first tune that you played, uh, which is called Dompe, is that how you say it? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, Dompe. Oh, Dompe. So the um, thing is, uh, I in, in reading about you, um, I discover that you're an improvisational quartet. But um, I noticed that on your album, um, Break the Dawn, which uh, came out in April, uh, there is a track called Dompe. So when you get together and play Dompe, does it sound different each time? And, uh, and so, you know, how do you set it up? So I guess our way of working um, it originates in improvisation together. And then um, through 
recording bits and um, kind of jamming lots of ideas together, some parts of a piece will then become more fixed. Um, it's not written down in any way, um, but we'll, yeah, we'll decide on some bits that become fixed. Um, and then other parts which are left to be more free and open. Um, so this track, Dompa, um, opens with a little fragment of a melody um, that was from a tune called My Lady Carries Dompa, which is from the 16th century. Um, and that was our starting point for this piece. And then we improvised with that. Um, we Sorry, we improvised with that um, to create this piece. But um, yeah, I guess elements of it are very similar to what's on the album and other parts like George's uh, bass clarinet solo towards the end in the build-up um, can be very different every time and constantly um, surprises us with kind of new and wonderful um, things. No, well, that's that's great to hear. Um, but two two questions. First of all, uh, an easy question. So what is a dompe? Dompe. <laughs> So it's a, it's a kind of lament or dirge, and it's thought that this one might have been a, a kind of love song, potentially for Henry VIII, but it's not known, and it's not known who the, the composer was. Oh, OK. Um, and then um, you have, but back to improvisation for a moment, um, but mm -hmm. I didn't want to lose the domper there. Um, and, uh, uh, and that is, you've been praised... Um, by the press. In fact, you have amazingly good press. Um, but uh, one one particular writer um, said that the great thing about the way you improvise is that you've broken free of any structure that relates to jazz. So I'm just wondering what you would say um, the antecedents. I mean, you know, how, how what are you basing your improvisations on? Is it just... I mean, f for example, I mean, is it uh, a bit like AMM? So, uh, you know, the trio quartet, which uh, had Cornelius Cardio in it in the 60s, which was totally free and like they would sit in the room and maybe something would happen and maybe something wouldn't happen. Um, or uh, do you always, ha having kind of jammed and improvised to get a basic structure or at least the way you just described it some really good bits <laughs> that, 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 that you then link differently every time um is is that the way you work yeah i i think it's really interesting um and particularly interesting you mentioned cardio because we the origins of this group actually were um a free improv group that george and i were part of when we were students at the royal academy of music is that uh the is that the K sextet, or is that it? Um, well, we weren't. So we just had our own improv group that was oh, okay. um, completely free, but um, yeah, you know, kind of embraced those kind of ways of working and um, yeah, you know, graphic notation and and various different ideas. Um, and then I think this group, when we started, we were we were very free in how we worked, and we've since kind of developed our own way for improvising together and um yeah i mean sometimes there is a fragment of a starting point and other times it is absolutely based on a jam um and more recently actually we've been 
um, in some of our live streams, we've been using some little works of art that came out of a project we did with audience members, and we've been improvising as a response to those um, artworks. Okay, well, let us let us consider all the mighty works of the actual quartet in a moment. But first of all, let's listen to the music. So this is recorded only yesterday in the um, in in the Soho studios. Uh, Soho Radio Studios in Soho uh, and this is Dompe Yatra Quartet, recorded yesterday um, by uh, Soho Radio's fabulous engineer, Adrian Meehan. Um, I'm wondering if Adrian Meehan, who is also a drummer, is related to Tony Meehan, who was a drummer with the shadows of Cliff Richard fame. But uh, we won't mention such things ever again on this programme. Um, so, Alice Barron, who is the uh, violin player with the Yatra Quartet, is talking to me, and that was a beautiful piece of music. Thank you so much. Really lovely to, to play in the studio, um, right in the heart of Soho, and with Adrian and, and Will's help, so thank you. No, well, it, it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure, and like I say, it's just a shame that we can't all be together um, listening back to it and, well, actually all being there while you're playing it. Uh, it. It gives the whole program an amazing vibe, but I have to say this is the first almost live session that we've had since the lockdowns began. Um, so, But listening to, to Dompe, I thought, well... So I know that a lot of you did further degrees at the Royal Academy and places like that, and you're all highly technical and highly proficient and highly talented musicians, and uh, and that uh, you kind of begin with that bedrock of, well, yeah, Cornelius Cardew, but also minimalism and uh, late 20th century modernity in your music but there is no doubt that one of the vibes that you've picked up along the way is um what can loosely be termed world music and i think the reason that it sounds like that is because you've listened to music outside the classical and actually outside the rock and jazz um kind of areas because you know um, a lot of American minimalism is based on what they heard in rock music and then applied to classical music but you've gone much further afield and so like the harmonies the way you use your instruments um, that's what makes it I think that's that's what makes people say ah yes that's a world music band but you're not really are you (laughs) yeah I mean it's it's funny um yeah, it's a funny box to fit into. And I wonder whether um, whether the kind of rhythmic groove um, aspect of our music has a lot um, to do with that. Um, Will, our percussionist, lived and 
played and studied in Cuba and Brazil and Mexico. So, um, and his his background is more in jazz and rock rather than classical. So I guess it's that meeting of a lot of different musical experiences. And in London, we also all work with um, musicians from so many different incredible musical traditions. And it kind of has, yeah, it filters through and reappears and emerges in in our music in all sorts of different ways. Um, and and um, when you play the violin and you have the violin under your chin in the kind of Western classical style, does it sound different it must sound different to you but do you think it sounds different to listeners like when you when you're as opposed to when you're playing it on your lap which I've seen pictures of you doing uh, I think you were studying in India mm. yeah I mean it it, it is such a, a different experience and when I first kind of switched I mean I I, I predominantly hold the violin in the western classical predict uh, position on my shoulder but when I first started trying the canatic position where the scroll of the violin rests on your foot actually my whole sense of intonation had to kind of readjust because I'm used to the the vibrations of the instrument being right up close to my ear and on my collarbone um so it's it's a whole readjustment and um yeah I mean I think the the harmonics everything that I perceive is is very different and must um, be different again for for listeners. Well, when you say it's resting on your foot, the scroll mm -hmm. is that the kind of um, that's the thin end of the violin. Yes. Okay, and so that's yeah. resting on your foot. So the whole thing is kind of upside down. I suppose yeah. it always is upside down, actually, when you've got it <laughs> under your chin, unless you've got it resting on your lap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's kind of like, a, a, I guess, an upside-down cello um, when it's held in that way. Um, and actually, you can then feel the, the vibrations of the instrument being transmitted through the, the foot, actually. Um, and, with... I mean, presumably, uh, when, when you play under your chin, um, it, it kind of vibrates in your skull and then goes out to people. Whereas if you've got it elsewhere in your body it's your whole body resounding mm. yeah I mean yeah that it's really it, yeah it's a really different experience and it's I mean aside from the fact that it's I find it difficult to sit cross-legged for huge lengths of time um it is it it does feel very much like a, a kind of complete involvement of the body in that way of playing but then I guess you can't move around in quite the same way well it's a different way of moving around um yeah well absolutely now we're going to um go back to the session but i think i should say that as well as you on violin and as well as will roberts on percussion though i think he also played clarinet on at the beginning of that didn't he uh, yes he yeah. did um and then you've got richard phillips on cello and george slightholm on clarinets and um, after we've heard this piece of music, perhaps we can find out how you all um, manage to find each other in this world that's crowded with uh, musicians <laughs> looking for gigs. Um, so uh, this is uh, the second track and uh, it's called Black Seas.
Uh, do you want to do you want to tell us anything about it before we listen to it? This um, this piece is the first track on our album, and it's inspired by the poem "Sea Fever" by John Macefield. And actually, um, a very recent kind of live addition to our performances of this include George um, reading some of that, so you will hear it um, straight away um, in embedded in the music. Um, and it's it's very much kind of encapsulating that kind of cold, um, grey, wintry sea kind of atmosphere. Um, and we actually made a music video for this emerging from the sea um, in Margate in November last year. Um, so well, that so kind of... You mean you were all in the sea? Yes. With your instruments? No, no, oh. not with instruments. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, okay, so uh, this is Black Seas Yatra Quartet in the studios um, yesterday at Soho Radio. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's great the way the Yatra Quartet suddenly it's it feels like you're suddenly all moved to sing together. Is, is that really what happened? Yeah, and actually that the, the singing on that track Black Seas isn't. I, I'm pretty sure it's not on the album. It's just something that happened in in a gig live, um, and it's becoming more and more part of our music, and is always a joy to to do. And yeah, it's. It's definitely part of the experience. Um, and how much, if anything, do you think uh, you owe your inspiration to working the work that you did with Sam Lee? Because, um, you know, Sam Lee, like one of the... I mean, it's funny, people say great things, don't they? And then they have to retract them. I mean, Angela Rayner did that this week on the Tory scum thing. Um and uh, Neil Kinnock did it too when he told Margaret Thatcher that she bought the election on the blood of our boys. Always a favourite saying of mine. But um, but then but Sam Lee said, "Yes, I am folk, and I don't have a guitar in the band because the guitar is dead in folk music." I mean, he's since retracted that, of course, and made an album with the guitarist. But um, but there is no doubt that kind of, you know, a few years, three years ago, the thing that was clear about Sam was, yes, his voice sounded really authentic and the material he used was really authentic and not found by most people. Um, he'd worked hard to get to it. But the way that he did it was very much... Um, a feeling that I think that Yatra have too, that people were playing with an intensity and ability that related to classical music or the virtuoso playing amongst different cultures of the world. But but that was the context that he sang his authentic gypsy tunes in. Do you... Is that mm. something that you drew inspiration from? Yeah, and I think, I mean, I was lucky to play with him for six months, um, depping for Flora Curzon, the wonderful violinist. And I definitely found that a hugely kind of influential time um, experiencing how um, 
how the band worked together and created those albums with sound, but also hearing the stories about his explorations into the folk tradition and then really creating his own voice um, within that. Um, yeah, um, it's interesting because I think sometimes we we do all this, you know, we make all this music um, in quite a kind of subconscious way without, um, you know, we haven't sat down and talked about the process and how it might relate to certain musical traditions. Um, but then it's something we um, we kind of discover afterwards and, and perhaps start talking about afterwards. Yeah, I mean, it, because at one point earlier on in the tune, it, it felt it definitely had Celtic roots. And mm. then when the melody may be transferred to the cello and it was playing those beautiful, deep, strong tones, and then everybody else was kind of flickering above that on percussion and violin and so on, uh, clarinet, um, it, it it became something completely different. And, uh, you know, the, the, the roots seem to have been left far behind unless you listened, you know, very carefully. Mm. Yeah, it definitely, I mean, it definitely kind of transforms as it goes and... Um, yeah, I mean, that second section is kind of held together by um, the the will hitting um, a green glass bottle throughout the whole of the that kind of long build-up leading to the, the cello um, melody you just mentioned. Um, so in this time of um, very few live gigs, um, how, are, how is the Yatra Quartet coping with life? Well, we're lucky we all live near each other in South London, um, and we've we've done a few things. We launched our album um, right in the middle of the full lockdown in April, and decided to do a kind of listen along event on YouTube, which is still on our YouTube channel, um, really to be able to share with people the the sound quality that is on the album, rather than trying to recreate it with us all in different um, households. And then um, since then, when things opened up in the summer, we um, decided to do a series of live stream concerts from a very beautiful community greenhouse in the middle of Brockwell Park in South London. And um, it's been a really, a really big learning curve in terms of the technology, um, but also a wonderful way to be able to connect with um, audiences anywhere in the world um, and also our local kind of community um, in the the greenhouse and Brockwell Park community greenhouses um, who have been very amazingly supportive um, and it it kind of went from being incredibly hot in the middle of the heat wave to um, very cold and wet um, but with loads of fairy lights and um, kind of atmospheric lighting and parakeets flying over us uh, more recently but um yeah we're we're very much open to embracing these these new ways of of playing live while um while it's a bit more difficult yeah you also have this thing don't you that you um you bring in other art forms if you possibly can um mm. like you spoke about i know that you've done a live painting gig so that um 
presumably the audience or the listeners were sitting around um, with uh, art utensils. Were, were they adults yeah. and children? Yes, it was an amazing uh, mix of people, and we—that was something we really encouraged. Um, so yeah, we had, and and also any medium, and we had all sorts of responses um, from kind of knitting and painting and making Lego um, models um, to kind of whole three-dimensional things. It was um, really quite abstract responses, and also um, some very personal and and meaningful um artworks so it was yeah it was really wonderful and that um developed out of something we did as a band um when we were making the album and we all sat down around a table and a huge piece of paper and just and created um some very abstract art um all together and the end result you can't you can't see who has contributed what i mean it's um and that was kind of part of the process and something that we then wanted to share and talk about with um with audiences and see how they might respond and to that, our music in similar ways and and this was all during lockdown well post lockdown post lockdown pre lockdown um, our now. art <laughs> our art was before uh lockdown but the the online event for audiences um was during lockdown and um we used uh, recordings of our music um and then people sent in their um their artworks that they created at home so in a way it was a response to the situation where we couldn't play live and we couldn't be in the same space as audiences um and uh you know another kind of um thing that uh, the bands got involved with was um your work with syrian musicians mm um what's what's the kind of music and the politics behind that so um we were very lucky to meet two incredible musicians um basil and tame seller um at a street party in london that was in memory of joe cox the mp and um we just got chatting with them and then tried um, tried playing some music and doing some gigs with them and it's a project that's developed out of that um, and I guess I mean it's like any kind of really exciting musical collaboration we get on incredibly well as people um, but also the music um, and the kind of um, the explorations we've done with finding different um, kind of harmonies um, is really fascinating when working with Basil and Tame. Um, yeah, there's, there's quarter tones, there's all sorts of incredible nuances. Um, and also the the instruments they play, the oud and the kanun, work really amazingly well with our um, instruments. So, um, And I should also say they are absolutely phenomenal singers. So are you um, going um, to record with them? That's the plan, yes. No, that's, that uh, sounds good. It'd be great to hear some of it. Is is it some of it uh, online somewhere? Yes, there's um, there are some clips from a concert we did at King's Place as part of Songlines Encounters Festival. Oh, yes, um, I've he I have heard of this Songlines magazine. <laughs> um, yeah, that was uh, a couple of years ago. Um, so yeah, that's online. And um, there's one track on our 
new album, Lamabada, which doesn't feature Basil and Tame, but is um, very much influenced by the, that project and is a piece that we play with them. Yeah, so um, in fact, you've got kind of quite a rich selection of visuals, haven't you, online, because uh, there's the Black Seas video in which you all get very close to being drowned, as I understand <laughs> it. Um, but not with your instruments, so that's the important point. Um, okay, let's let's um, hear uh, another tune, and then let's talk about um, the current situation for musicians and indeed for you. So um, this next track's called Bairav, uh, and it translates as Break the Dawn, which is the title of your album. Um, but Bairav is also the name of an Indian rag, is it not? Yes, and that's that's the um, I guess the starting point for this piece. It's all about um, that first light of day and that kind of feeling of the transformation from night into dawn. Um, and uh, what do you think it takes, if anything, from the rag? Um, I mean, it starts off in in the mode of rag bairav. Um, and I guess, I mean, the, the kind of detail that of, and the, yeah, the detail in the speed of Glissandi, the slides, um, is something that really drew me to Indian music in the first place. And that's something we've, um, kind of experimented with in this track. And I guess is one of the kind of defining features in it. Um, and I, and the other, the other aspect of it is the, um, the kind of the context for Rag Bhairav and Bhairava um, being all about kind of creating, sustaining and then destroying um, everything. And um, you'll hear in this track it, that it, it, it starts from quite a serene place, but um, goes into something um, much more destructive. And it's almost like the band splits in two at one point where um, Will and George have this very um, powerful groove and Rich and I are playing the melody from the opening um, and it's like we're in two different worlds um, and then we we kind of come together. I guess it's quite an ambiguous ending, so I'll leave you with, with that to make up your own minds. OK, we'll be listening. the Yatra Quartet and in the end they were making us dance uh, that was recorded yesterday in the Soho Radio Studios and I'm speaking uh, to Alice Barron even now who is the violinist with the quartet and apparently uh, there was a you just got sent 
you just got sent a picture or a little video of um richie rich that's your cellist baby dancing yeah little martha um who was born in august i think has also been enjoying um listening to byrav <laughs> no that's great that's great i mean but she'll end up on strictly you know that um <laughs> <laughs> but actually, that brings me on to uh, uh, another issue, because um, recently um, the government, um, perhaps with its tongue in its cheek or its tongue through its cheek, um, introduced these adverts which say um, Fatima used to be a ballet dancer, but now she does something useful with her life. I mean, how does that make you feel as an artist who's finding the battle against, you know, uh, poverty even more difficult at the moment than normal? Oh, it's, yeah, it's really tough saying that. I mean, yeah, it it, it makes it really apparent, um, kind of the difficult and precarious position that the arts are in, um, all over the world and particularly in the UK at the moment. Um, I guess it also brings us all together as a community of artists um, and I feel more than ever that we are, um, you know, we are all in this together and um, yeah, we'll have to find a way through it but it, it is no doubt a really, really challenging time. And I, I mean, I feel lucky because I've got the band um, who I can work with. Um, but we all um, freelance doing all sorts of different projects that are, are um, not happening at all at the moment. Um, so, it's, yeah, it's it's challenging. Um, and I guess the the way to try and get through it is to use this time to be as creative as possible. But it, it, it's just um, incredible that that's the government's reaction to people who study and practice in a very disciplined way for many years. I mean, uh, mm. in the case of dancers, since their childhood, and probably that's true for you too. Um, and, yeah. you know, and I think that you've just, well, you've told me that you've just done your doctorate at Oxford University. And, um, you know, how can they just, turn their back on that and say oh well actually you ought to be working mcdonald's if you want to do something useful mm. yeah and i mean it's not it it isn't a profession that you can leave for a few years and then come back to you know we all need to be practicing and maintaining our playing and developing our playing um and in that respect i guess it's a bit like a sport and um it is a very it's creative and it's also physical and you you need to play every day um so yeah um i'm not quite sure what the what the government um envisaged in envisaged musicians doing um and i mean i guess the other part of it is that it and a lot of people have been talking about this um ha, um how many people have considered what life would be like without any music i mean it's it's everywhere it's in everything we do and um to it just seems a little bit short-sighted to um to suggest that um that it isn't as integral to our lives as it is well um short-sighted and the rest <laughs> <laughs> i mean there's a total lack of empathy going on there mm. um and and 
Well, you know, you know yourself. Do you not get asked by um, people who don't know you, but perhaps know your parents um, or other people in your family? And they say, oh, so you're a musician, you know, so um, are you on the radio? It's always an important thing to ask. Or have you made a record? Um, and uh, or do you play in an orchestra? But there are lots of ways of being a musician um, which actually fall outside that and being a particularly successful musician too. So um, I, I just think um, the the world of the arts is a mystery to people who aren't inside it in terms of mm. a working practice and a working model and day-to-day -day life. But it it is just the whole issue of status is 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 a difficult one and it's something that you have to come to terms with and you have to set out for yourself a life path through it which you've clearly done um because uh, you know to to take on a doctorate is is very serious what what did you how did your doctorate work i know that it was one of these things a bit like uh, i call it action research but the proper name is uh, well, practice-led research, I guess, oh, and mine was very autoethnographic. So I was um, writing about my own experiences studying in South India, studying the Carnatic violin, and then my very personal experiences um, working with musicians and seeing how those um, Carnatic violin techniques um, influenced some collaborative projects um, back here in London. Well, I hope Rishi's listening so he begins to understand <laughs> what people do. Um, yes. Now, um, I did, talking about what people do, I did say earlier on that uh, we'd have a little chat about how the quartet came together. So how did the quartet come together? So George and I, as I mentioned, were studying together and um, about a year after finishing um, our studies we met and kind of talked about starting a group together um, and that was when Rich joined who we knew just through um, doing some gigs um, and various yeah various different concerts around London um, so it, that was violin clarinets and and we were pretty sure that percussion would work really well and um i met will doing a gig with anna silvera at the vortex um and and that was when he joined sorry i've i've slightly lost you can you say that again yeah from the beginning uh no no it's just a oh. it was a mention of anna silvera oh yes whenever i mention yeah. anna silvera on the program the phone goes dead no that's not true <laughs> She actually has been on the programme back in May. Um, oh, great. With, with Francesca Turberg. Uh, for oh, their, amazing. For their project. But anyway, um, mm. so back to so, her part in your story. So Will um, and I were doing a gig for Anna at the Vortex in Dalston. Um, and that was when, um, shortly after that, Will joined the band. Um, and that was... Um, about eight years ago and we've been working together ever since and and do you kind of see uh it, it spreading into the future so that you become a sort of british version of uh the chronos quartet only using more less orthodox uh 
instrumentation arrangements? Well, I mean, that would be yeah, a dream come true. We all absolutely love uh, Kronos Quartet. Um, yeah, I mean, it's something that we're really passionate about, and I think it's very unique to find um, three other musicians who are as open to experimenting in similar ways and also um, co-composing uh, and improvising together um it's it is such a shared experience and um personally i i find that absolutely wonderful and i feel like the other musicians um always kind of lead me in directions that i never imagined and didn't think were possible and so i'm always learning from them and um yeah it's it's a really um wonderful thing to be part of and we also hope that it brings all our audiences a lot of joy as well to listen to um, and and uh, I think a yatra I have read is Hindi for, is it journey? Yeah, um, kind of with a strong sense of pilgrimage as part of it. And, I mean, you definitely, each of the pieces take us on a journey. And I'm just wondering whether you've been approached by people doing theatre, people doing cinema, um, you know, to, to soundtrack pieces. Mm. We uh, we have had a couple of little discussions, but nothing nothing has come out of it yet. But it's definitely something we're we're really interested in doing. Well, I don't know which of our high quality Soho radio listeners are listening, but there are filmmakers out there, and there are certainly uh, writers of theatre. And here are some people to work with, particularly uh, in this time when people can't be playing live. Well, um, thanks so much for talking to me and uh, we are getting very near the end of this part of the show but I do have one more piece that you recorded yesterday um, in the studios there at Soho Radio and it's called Chandra and um, so what's the, what's the story behind this one? This piece um, is dedicated to the really fantastic Bengali um, singer Chandra Chakraborty, who's based in London, and it um, it developed out of a, a little performance we did with her, and we've since performed it with her as well, which has been lovely. And it really um, it kind of um, has this interesting um, starting point, which is the meeting of Rag Yaman from the Hindustani North Indian tradition with um the mode from a plain chant and that's the melody is based on that plain chant um so it's yeah it's kind of um that's where it's derived from but we we worked it into a, a kind of fixed melody um and with some actually some brand new um words um made by george um, that you'll hear in the middle of it Okay, so um, there's singing on this too, which is great. Um, well, look, thank you very much for talking to me. I'll just remind everybody that the Yatra Quartet is Alice Barron, who we're talking to on violin, George Slightholm on clarinets, Richard Phillips on cello, and Will Roberts on percussion. And it's been really good talking to you. Um, and uh, the the music's just inspirational and really does take you places. So thank you for um, drawing us a map of those places today. Thank you so much for having me on the show and for the band 
um, for the session. We had an absolute great time. So thank you to everyone. No, it's a pleasure. Okay, this is Chandra, theatrical tech. <laughs> Thank you.